This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Katie Neal. Welcome back to the Katie and Company podcast. This week on the show, I got to live out like one of my lifelong little radio DJ dreams and sit down with the one and only Dolly Parton. Now, we actually sat down and taped this at the beginning of or the end of September. So Dolly was like just getting ready to release her new book, Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones, and her new album, Rockstar, wasn't out yet. All those things are out now. So you'll hear us talk about those. You can actually go and pick them up, listen to them, read the book. But it was just, first of all, she's just as magical as you want her to be. Like she's everything and more. She's got the sweetest laugh. She made me feel so wonderful. She told me I was pretty. I almost died. Um, We talked about everything. We talked about the book, all of the clothes that she's worn over the years. We talked about her songwriting, this rock album, beautiful memories, Thanksgiving. I mean, just everything. I am so excited to finally be able to share this with you. Here is my conversation with Dolly Parton. We're joined this week by the most honored and revered female singer-songwriter in history. Her list of awards and accolades are endless, but what she's beloved for all over the world is the way she makes people feel. Miss Dolly Parton. Well, hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great, Dolly. Thank you for all those sweet words. Oh, you are so welcome. I, <laughs> I don't know if they're true, but thank you for them. <laughs> they are absolutely true. We have so much to talk about today. You've got a new book and an album. I do. So we'll jump right in. Okay. The new book, My Life in Rhinestones, Behind the Scenes, coming out October 17th. This is a collection of so many beautiful outfits and memories. And one of the ones I loved was the story about the little red high heels that you wanted to keep as a little girl and your mom took them away from you. It broke my heart for you. But what was it like revisiting all of these outfits and memories while you were working on this book? Well, it's always emotional to me when I when I wrote my life story back many, many, many years ago. Uh, just going back to kind of dig into all those things that you, so many things you'd forgotten, so many you didn't want to remember, but just kind of how you felt at that time and what you were going through at that time. But in this book, uh, Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones, uh, really I thought the people would enjoy seeing all the stuff. I've been in this business for six decades now. I started when I was this tiny little thing and from the clothes my mom used to make for me to be on stage and other people. uh, And just in my climb through the years, all the way up to the greatest clothes and designers that anybody could ever hope for in Hollywood and in the movies and all that. So, and then the stories that I tell about the wigs and uh, the clothes, what I was going through at the time, but 
the main thing I love the fact that I'm getting to introduce so many people that did the clothes. Talking about them, that's what I love behind the scenes. The people that put all this together and have made me look like I look throughout the years. Absolutely, and I don't want you to give anything away too big from this question because we want people to buy the book. But is there anything you think people will be surprised to learn when they're reading this and flipping through it? Well, I think most of my fans pretty much know my life, know the story of my life, but and they've seen a lot of pictures. They've seen some things here and there because I only have, you know, so many pictures as far as my my childhood and all that because we didn't have lots of cameras and stuff, but in this book, it has been chronicled with photos and people through the years, whether it be from album covers or from TV shows and a lot of the clothes that they've never physically seen and the stories and seeing how they made them and what all went into them, how many hours this might have taken and how many stones might have been on this outfit. Just little details that I think people are gonna love and enjoy, and especially the fans, even though they've seen some, of the pictures and heard some of the stories, there's always some new things that people can learn about me. And the ones that don't know me that well will get to know the whole whole story. For sure. There's through some, rhinestones. Yes, through rhinestones. There was something you mentioned in the book that I can remember vividly the first time I heard it as a little girl. And it was, you have to suffer to be beautiful a little bit. <laughs> so is there anything for you when it comes to clothes that's like too uncomfortable, you won't do it? Well, there's just some of my clothes that are so tight, they just are uncomfortable, but I usually will wear them anyway yeah. <laughs> if they look good. When they, That's where they say when beauty bears no pain. Mm -hmm. You know, they usually say that about exercise. I say that about <laughs> clothes. Uh, but oh, there's some things that I'll put on. I think, nah, well, it depends on the occasion. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, the book lady has a certain look. You know, when I'm working with the Imagination Library, I wear what I call book lady clothes. <laughs> you know, I don't want, because the children, I don't like to wear something that's so low cut or real mm -hmm. short. I try to look more like a, uh, you know, the more toned down version of me as the book lady. Uh, but uh, for some things, I think that's too much for that. But sometimes I think I can just go for it. So I'll just change it if I don't feel it's right for the occasion yeah. more than it is whether it's right for me. Mm -hmm. You've gotten to wear so many amazing outfits and you still have so many great events and performances that you get to go to. What gets you excited about an outfit today? Well, I'm still like a crazy kid with that. I mean, I love beautiful clothes and I love all the rhinestones. I love the sequins and the styles and the designs, and especially if they you try them on and you look great in them. You think, oh, can't wait to get out there in this. So yeah, I still get excited about that. I love the clothes, and I never minded spending a lot of money on my stage clothes because that's how I make my living. Mm -hmm. uh, on behind the scenes, though, so much of for my own life, you know, I don't have to have all that most expensive clothes ever. You know, I wear a lot of things off the rack, but then Steve Summers, who does most of my things these days, I mean, I've had I have other uh, designers, but Steve and I work together you know, on a daily basis for what we're planning and what we do. So, you know, we, we just kind of map it out and he, he knows kind of what I should be wearing and what I shouldn't and what's, what's right for the occasion. That's so wonderful. And you, I know, have had so much fun with the fashion 
for the Rockstar album. Let's oh, talk yeah. about that. Rockstar. Rockstar coming Wait, out November 17. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be so great. This is 30 songs with nine original rock songs. What did you learn about writing rock music while you were working on this? Well, actually, uh, I worked with Kent Wells, who produced the album. He did a great job, and he's kind of a rock and roller, even though he's worked in country music, and he is a country boy, but that's his, he's, he loves rock and roll, so I knew he'd be the perfect person for it. So when I, uh, when we wrote some of the uh, the songs together, you know, he gave me some good help with that because he knows the great melodies and he's very strong with with the ones that we put in here with the melodies and of course I can write about anything <laughs> and so but some of the originals that I wrote I just tried to make myself think okay now you're this gonna be in a rock and roll album like the the title song Rockstar I thought well I think I'd probably be safer to write a story about the rock star kind of like a girl uh, like a Joan Jett, say, starting out as a youngster. So you just kind of have to put your mind to what you're doing and stay in that zone. And that rock and roll is a different genre, as they say. It's a different style uh, of music all the way around. Definitely. And you had the most amazing list of collaborators on this record. Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, Sting, Elton John, Linda Perry. What were some of the most cherished memories you got to make making this record? Well, all of them had a, had, was a precious memory. Uh, and just knowing that I got to sing with Paul McCartney, him singing and playing the piano, and Ringo being on that record, that was major, major, major. And Elton John, who I've loved for years, I love that Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, and just hearing us singing that together, just hearing their voices was just enough to, just hearing them in my headphones when we were singing together was just amazing to me. And some of them were so much fun to do, like when uh, Stevie Nicks came down, she stayed in Nashville about four days. And so we got a chance to visit and get to know each other, but we had fun singing the song together. And, uh, and But they all had a, a great memory, just dragging some of those people out of retirement. Some of them had thought, well, I'm, I'm not doing it much anymore. I said, well, you're going to do it now. Well, <laughs> yes, I need you, you to do this. Yeah. yeah. And we know that your husband, Carl, is a big rock fan. Were you nervous at all to play the record for him? Well, I was. I wanted it to be really good for him. So I don't know if nerves as much as just uh, really having the desire to, for it to be really great. I think it made me try extra hard because mm -hmm. I wanted it to be something he uh, would think was good, and then he when he when I played it to him, he said, "Well, that's pretty good." So for him to say that would be like somebody else jumping up and down and saying, "That's that's great." That's so wonderful. And this is your 49th solo studio album. If this is what you do for 49, you cross a genre, you do a rock album. What do you do for album 50? I don't know what I'll do after this. I just want people to really enjoy this rock album. Yeah. And I have to say it's really some really good music and that I, I did okay singing it. Cause you I wanted, sounded wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. I really busted a gut trying. I wanted it to be great. I gave it everything I had. And it was fun for me. It was a challenge, but it was fun to get to sing these songs. I usually sing so many of my own songs. It's like great to get to sing something <laughs> else, especially some classic song. But I didn't want to to sing them so different that they weren't recognizable as the song. I wanted to stay as true to the melody and not get too far, you know, out of whack, you know, with it. Staying on the beat and all the stuff you need to kind of do with in rock music. But it was fun. It was a challenge. But I don't know what I'll do next. Uh, I'll just probably 
continue doing more of what I'm doing, and then if a great opportunity, like being put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, gives me an opportunity to do a rock album, if I get put in the R&B Hall of Fame, well, I'll have to do an R&B. <laughs> yes, you um, will. Yeah, I wish I would, because I love R&B. How much do you find that you're still writing? Is this like a daily, weekly thing? Oh, I still write all the time. That's the way of life with me. That's not something, I don't always finish everything I start, but I'm, I write something down almost every day. Some idea, some title, and I just throw them in, I got a little basket, and I carry a little Ziploc in my purse, because I'm always coming up with titles I don't want to lose, and I've got a stack of that right now in my, in my purse. That I'm is coming so up funny. with stuff, but I write all the time. You have said before that getting your thoughts and emotions out through songwriting is always really healing for you. Like that's very therapeutic, and I think that's because your music has always been so vulnerable, and it was, you've always done that, even at times in your career when you know being vulnerable was taboo. Why, yeah. do you, why do you think it's always been so important for you to share that vulnerability with the world? Well, I, people, I, well, I'm in the business. I wanted to be a star, and I'm one of those people that I want to leave myself wide open and my heart wide open. And I think when you're a writer, you can't really close that off. And so the kind of writer I am, I, I live off of emotion, and I'm, I'm very sensitive, and I feel the sensitivity in other people. And so what I don't write about myself or something I've been through, I write about the people that I might love or people that I see that are suffering, and I can write their sorrow or their joy in a song because I'm able to rhyme. And I'm, I, I mean, that's just something, I'm, it's a skill, mm -hmm. you know, to, to that degree to be able to just put something down and rhyme it. But I really get involved in it when, I'm, when I get myself in what I call my God zone to where I really am getting deep with that. And that's when I say it's like therapy for me. I write about my own sorrows, I write about my own joys, but I think that we all suffer and feel the same emotions. So uh, my emotions are everybody's and everybody's is mine, so I can write about that. Exactly, and I think that's such an important thing to remember because I think when you feel a really big emotion sometimes, you can feel like, oh, I'm the only person that's ever felt this way. And I know that's why your music has touched, touched so many people, but have you ever shocked at how many people react to something that you felt so strongly? Yeah, I am, I often am. And a good example of that was uh, even in my earliest days when I put out the little coat of many colors. I got so much mail, so many people reaching out to say that song had healed them mm -hmm. of hurts that they had carried around forever. And so many people that had been hurt or laughed at, made fun of for one reason or another and or had been snubbed or bullied or mm. whatever. That little song in itself was just really like a, you know, like a prayer cloth, so to speak. Yeah. It was a, a rag of many colors, mm. but it was in a way kind of like was healing to other people. And so I, that one I thought was, was a special one. Definitely. And your words are so healing for so many people and it's touched them, I'm sure, in the toughest, time, toughest times of their lives. But what are the things that get you through? Like, what are the words that have helped you through tough times in your life? Oh, well, I'm, I'm big. I'm a, I grew up in, in the church and my grandpa was a preacher. So I just remember scriptures and I still do my meditations every day, my readings and all that. And I read the Bible. You know, I have certain uh, things that I'll go to. I know the Bible pretty good. So if I'm going through a certain thing, I'll just kind of, you know, read about that. But I pray a lot, and I just throw it out there and uh, just expect him to handle it, handle it. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> just handle it, handle it. When it gets too much for me, you know. 
One of the things I wanted to ask you about, May 30th of next year, you and Carl Dean are going to celebrate your 58th wedding anniversary. And 60 years together. <gasps> Congratulations. Yeah, we met 60 years ago in, in May. Oh, my gosh. Uh, of uh, 64, when I, the first day I came to Nashville from high school, when I came to live. You guys have such an amazing love story. And I've been making the habit that when I meet somebody who's had a very long and successful marriage, to ask, what is your advice? Well, you gotta have a respect for each other. And liking one another is a really good thing. I really like Carl Dean, <laughs> and I love him too, but he's just a, he's just a really uh, good guy. And he's funny as he can be. And I think having a sense of humor, both of us do, and he's crazy. And we can laugh our way through so much stuff. But I think just trust and love and respect and just trying to, you know, they say a lot of those old things, never go to bed, angry. So many of those things, try not to do that because we've always got along great. And I think that's, we don't have a bunch of stuff that we've built up between us of hateful words and things like that. So I think now that we're older, uh, we're both glad that we never allowed that to happen. So don't start a big bunch of arguing because once you start it, it becomes a habit. I've seen it all the time, mm -hmm. so we never had that. So just trust and, uh, and respect, I think, is the best stuff. That's so special, and that's yeah. great advice. When I was getting ready for this interview, I was kind of going through just some of my, like, memories of you and experiences with your music, and one of the things I thought of was, in 2019, I was on a trip to Morocco, and we were doing this excursion. We were driving 11 hours into the desert, and I remember sitting in the car thinking, like, I'm so far away from home, and Jolene came on the radio. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, there is no corner of the world too remote for Dolly Parton. <laughs> so I wanna ask you, where is the most remote or obscure place that you have found your music or influence that just kinda took you by surprise? Well, I think that happened many years ago in South Africa. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote, my first album was called Just Because I'm a Woman. And uh, I found out that that song in South Africa had stayed on the charts for, was stayed on the charts for like 40 years. What? But it was like, it was number one for, I mean, for weeks and maybe even years because the women felt so, you know, oppressed and, and it was a really about speaking for them, I guess. This was, and I did some shows in Johannesburg in my early years, but I was never so shocked as to how that record was the biggest thing for so many years on on the charts there, that so uh, but uh, all over the world now I've, I've been around so much of that too is because of the movies, you know I've done movies that are worldwide too, and but in my early days just singing my little country songs in those areas that people like country music, but I'm I'm always surprised at how how much that people say they know me or like just what you said. Somebody say, I was out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and here comes you or you had a picture of you in the airport and, and it just makes me feel loved and it makes me feel like, you know, how lucky I am that my, my dreams have come true. That's what I wanted, to travel the world and be famous. And you have done it. Okay. We have you on the show this week or the week that you'll be on with us. It's Thanksgiving. So I want to ask you a couple questions about that. 
What do you remember about Thanksgivings growing up as a little girl? Oh, I just remember us being thankful. I remember <laughs> Mama making sure that we were thankful. But just like at Christmas, I, it's the same thing. Uh, we were, just the fact that we were together, and there was always something special. Uh, even in the early days when we were poor, they would, Mama would go out, you know, be able to go out a little more to make more stuff. And we'd have uh, some relatives that would come from the city sometimes back there to the country because Mama's sisters and uh, they would come up to, to be with us. So we loved it when company was coming mm -hmm. and, and that we had a little something extra and that we knew it was a special day. And that, as I say, Mama said, we got a lot to be thankful for. So we were thankful. What are you thankful, <laughs> thankful for this year? Well, I'm thankful for everything good that's ever happened to me. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful, uh, you know, that we're still alive and I'm wishing, we, I'm wishing we'd all shape up a little <laughs> more in this world so we'll have many more. Thanksgivings and have more stuff to be, you know, thankful for. Is there any dish or anything fun that you look forward to every Thanksgiving? Yes, uh, sage dressing. That's uh, a favorite. Stuffing. I guess some call it stuffing, but yeah, that I love gravy and I love chipotle gravy and uh, uh, sage dressing, cornbread dressing, and of course I have to have that no matter what else I have. But uh, sometimes I make a big old fat chicken instead of a turkey because it's juicier. But I just enjoy the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the and the dressing and the pumpkin pies. I love it all. I'm a hog at home. You make me feel hungry. You think about all this good food. And then Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Is that, are you going to be doing any shopping for that? Well, I don't do a lot of shopping anymore on my own. I usually, with all my nieces and nephews and brother, you know, that I, yeah. I usually have, my sisters help me out with a lot of my shopping, but I have the parents tell me what the kids want, what they like, and then I get that. I have some some people that help me with the shopping and wrapping up their stuff, so they all, it all comes from me in one way or another. Well, I either sure. buy it or I make sure I know exactly what they want, <laughs> and when I don't buy it, the bigger ones where they have money anyway. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm always safe with that. Amazing. Dolly Parton, I said at the beginning of this, you are so beloved because of the way you make people feel. You have made me feel so wonderful to get well, to spend good. this time with well, you today. That makes me feel good. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Congratulations. It's a give and take, yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Thank you so much for the time. Thank we so you. appreciate it. You're welcome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.